Welcome to Shorewords, the ASPN podcast of coastal literature, the factual and fictional accounts that transport us toward the shore. I'm Leslie Ewing, host of Shorewords, and in each episode, I would talk with authors about their coastal writing or with coastal leaders about the tales and stories that inspired their chosen path. Today is my great pleasure to be talking with Jerry Smith, author of Sailor's Song, The Shanties and Ballads of the High Sea. But first, I want to take a pause for our sponsors. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today are brought to you by Geodynamics, an NV5 company specializing in providing accurate surveys of complex coastal environments worldwide. Driven by marine geology, coastal science, and remote sensing, our researchers use the latest technology to provide meticulous data products to support our clients and answer their toughest questions. Geodynamics carefully designs and executes a variety of hydrographic, geophysical, sub-bottom, and near-shore surveys using our fleet of customized vessels and sensor configuration. You can find us at nv5geospatial.com. Geodynamics, delivering solutions, improving lives. Be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter for our latest updates from around the American shoreline. Like what you're hearing and want to support the network? Sponsorship packages are now available. Go to coastalnewstoday.com slash advertising to learn more. So Professor Smith, or Jerry, if I may call you that, Sailor Song is great. I, it's just a, a fun, I, I sort of want to call it a romp of through the, the shanties that were part of the sailing culture for so many years and that now have been, they've been turned into the mythology almost of the sailing culture of that time. But what, what inspired you to write about this? What's your background that brought you to want to write about shanties? Well, it's it's a kind of a convoluted story, um, which I, I kind of... I hope the best stories uh, usually are. Uh, they're, they're not straightforward. Uh, I, I'm from Dublin originally, um, I, but I moved to the UK, to Liverpool um, back in the 1980s. And in a previous life, I was a musician. Um, I, I uh, uh, played various kinds of uh, instruments in various kinds of bands for, 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 for many years, including when I was a student um, trying to, to pay my uh, my fees and, and so on. Um, I live in a place called Hoylake now, which is um, some of your golf uh, fans might might know it. It's it's the home of Royal Liverpool Golf, where the the uh, the, the British Open was held in two thousand six and again in two thousand fourteen, I think, and will be held again next year. Although whether there are any golfers uh, playing there next year, of course, is a moot point. Um, so it's it's right by the sea. Um, and I, uh, I, 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 although I, I work in an English department at the, the at the Liverpool John Moores University, um, I, I've continued to be interested in music. Um, and I've I've written a lot about music. I've done a lot of research, especially about Irish music, and I've published a number of books and uh, articles on on that uh, on on that theme. Um, so um, I. Uh, I was living in Hoylake, which is a fairly small place, and I became aware of a um, uh, a collector, uh, a guy called Stan Hugel, who was born in Hoylake and lived here until he was about uh, sixteen or seventeen. Before he uh, he he shipped out. That was at the beginning of the twentieth century, and and he's well known amongst the, the 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 folk community for being a collector of of shanties, and he's the author of probably the the kind of two major shanty bibles that that exist um uh, the first was published in 1961 um, sh- um shanties uh from the seven seas uh, and another one at the end of the decade 1969 so that's where you go to a lot of the time if you're interested in shanties and when i found out that he was kind of born in hoylake about 100 meters from where i live uh, right down on on the shore i was terribly excited and I, I started reading a lot of his stuff and i started becoming familiar with uh, a lot a lot of the shanties some of which i had known kind of uh, as as a folk musician uh, before that but i had never done any serious uh, reading or research on the shanties so um that that was my introduction to it uh, really and that 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 occurred probably around the end 2009 2010 something like that and then it kind of developed in various directions after that 
I see. And as you point out in the book, there are lots of variations on the songs that um, the, the main purpose of the Ashantis was to get the sailors to work together, work in a, at, at the same time. If you're trying to pull on a sail, um, push uh, on a um, capstan, you, you need to be pushing together so that all that energy works together. Yet um, it's intriguing to me how many songs there really are that get to those functions. And you identify in your book that there are different songs for pushing and for pulling. And I'm not sure I really understand that. To me, they're exertions. So how do you, how do you push out that or pull out the differences between pulling and pushing and the singing that makes or the songs that make each of those more, I guess, easy or work together or for the ship captain's purposes, effective? Yeah, well, you've touched on a number of interesting points there. I mean, it's worth pointing out, first of all, that the Shanti tradition, it's its its pretty short-lived. It really only has a, about a 50-year period between the end of the Napoleonic Wars in Europe um, and and the, the kind of domination of, of steam, um, <clears throat> which had been developing throughout the 19th century, but which really came into its own in the 1860s and 70s and, and round about then, at which point um, large... Uh, wind-powered vessels um, uh, crossing the Atlantic became less uh, of of uh, a, a, an option. It's not not that's not to say that they still that that trade didn't you know carry on for 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 numerous decades after that. But really, uh, steam came into its own. And and the thing about wind power, um, it it needs to be organised and it it needs to be um, uh, uh, kind of um, delivered in a proper way. And you're absolutely right to point out that the the kind of energy required uh, to, to, to drive the ship as efficiently as quickly as possible from one side of the uh, Atlantic to the other uh, needed a lot of thought and a lot of organization uh, and it, you know it became o- obvious that uh, given the different shipboard tasks that 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 were um, required that different kinds of songs would suit um, different kinds of tasks um, and, and you know the sailors themselves recognized that that singing was a boon what was uh, it, it helped the work pass uh, more quickly um, but it also allowed the work to be performed more efficiently because as you say if everybody's doing the same thing at the same time then that's better than a whole bunch of guys just pulling on a rope and at different times and and so on that's why the officer class allowed it to to, to happen now with regard to the different songs for the different tasks um, you know, it should be fairly clear that if if you're uh, if you're you're under, un, undertaking an action uh, which which requ- which requires a certain uh, kind of uh, expending of energy every five seconds, say for example, that you need to organize have a song that will kind of answer that 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 work model. There's no point in the crew standing around for 10, 15 seconds waiting for the chorus to come around because that's not efficient in itself. But by by the same token, if if you're performing a task that 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 needs a little bit more uh, time um, uh, or a little bit more kind of um, distance between the the uh, bursts of energy, then there's no point in having a song which is kind of pushing through uh, quite quite quickly. So um, the sailors themselves recognise this, and the shanty man. The, who is usually a kind of person of experience, maybe a little older uh, on on board ship, he would recognise it as well. That one of the, one of the officers, usually the first or second mate, would would tell them what task needed to be done. They would recognise what kind of song would fit that task. They would organise the work team, and then they would sing the first line of the song so that the 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 crew then the work gang knew what their role was and usually at some point during that second line that response line there would be a burst of energy and everybody would do the same thing at the same time whether it be pull on a rope um heave at a capstan bar or or um uh, push at a at a pumping um a, a pump or, or some other task um so that's 
that that that's how they organize it's a very technical kind of uh, of uh, of practice uh, it doesn't sound like it it sounds like it's fairly random and 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 pretty you know just kind of uh um off the wall but it's it's not it's it's kind of it really is efficient and it's locked into the to the the maximum efficiency of the ship and I can appreciate that in, in your explanation of it and in, in sort of thinking through the process, but certainly it must have started as trial and error. There must have been, you know, sort of people coming along and saying, well, you know, if there's singing involved, maybe people will be more, um, the, the sailors will be more energized, that we can come up with things that will make that happen. And so it would have been trial and error to start with. Do you have any ideas of how that really got started? No, I don't think anybody does. I mean, there's been speculation that that as long as people have been going to sea, uh, people have been singing at sea for one reason or another, either for its sort of psychological benefits or or for its physiological benefits. Uh, I think the earliest uh, uh, evidence, and of course, it's literary evidence. Uh, it's not it's not uh, audible evidence. Uh, the, the earliest one is from is from a Scottish. Um, a text of the 16th century in which somebody makes uh, reference to the sailors singing a line about a bowlin. Um, now it could be the, the shanty that, excuse me, I include in, in, in my book as hall on the bowlin because the bowlin is a very ancient uh, type of technology used on board uh, wind powered ships. But apart from that, there's no real evidence. Um, 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 and certainly, uh, singing wasn't allowed in the navy in in uh, in uh, any of the navies around the world. Um, it, it was replaced by a system of kind of whistles and and kind of uh, uh, orders and so on. The shanty itself belongs to the merchant navy. Um, um, so how how it evolved, um, I, I I don't know. Anybody's really sure. I mean, um, I, I think it must have been. Um, uh, as p- part of the practice, part of the the uh, the merchant practice, um, and, and uh, at what point it begins, I don't know. But certainly by the 18 teens and the 1820s, when these new fast clipper vessels are are coming into commission, and they got large ships big tonnage but relatively small crews so um, somebody at some point thinks we're going to have to work hard in order to make this uh, possible and to make it as efficient as possible and and some bright spark thinks you know singing has uh, has descended to us through our culture um our our folk culture these are uneducated men much of the time who are performing this work different from the officer class, uh, and the only thing they've got really is is their kind of um, is is their uh, their folk traditions, um, and, and the officers see it and they see it happening, and rather than clamping down on it, they allow it to happen. Uh, a because it gives the, the 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 crew a little bit of agency and and makes them less kind of resentful of 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 their position and but b also because they they observe that it's 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 helping it's contributing to the efficiency of the ship um so the answer is really I, I don't really know and nobody really knows because there's no evidence i mean stan hugel did as much research on it as as anybody and he and he's the earliest one that he comes up with is this scottish text from from the 16th century I like that. I have Scottish heritage, so I'm I'm glad there was something that my my people could contribute to all of this as well. <laughs> is is there any evidence that the shanty type of songs are used in non-English speaking shipping, or were they mostly the English speakers who did this call and response type of song? No, the 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 shanty is is a. Um, it's, it's a very widespread phenomenon, especially in Europe. I think um, I, I wouldn't know about the other other parts of the world. I know there is, there are musical traditions associated with all the maritime nations around around the world. Um, so much I do know, but the shanty itself, as a kind of call and response format, uh, I, th- I think it's it's mostly European. And whether the Europeans, the Scandinavians, the French, the Germans, the Polish, the uh, Iberians, the Italians, whether they're learning it from an Anglophone tradition, 
I, 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 again, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I should say, you know, I'm kind of like dipping my, 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 my kind of amateur finger in here to a certain extent. I come as this a, as a musician rather than as a cultural historian, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to find out interesting things about the history of the, the tradition. But I'm not a maritime historian by training. Uh, I'm, I'm a kind of uh, a, a textual critic by training and partly a musicologist by, by training. So that's the kind of angle I'm coming at it at it from. I should also say um, that in terms of the Anglophone tradition, I, from what my reading kind of confirms that the two major influences on the the, the Shanti um, format itself uh, are the kind of um, African-American and the Irish uh, um, folk traditions. They're, they're the ones which bring most to it in terms of uh, rhythm, uh, and melody. So, with regard to that Afro-American Irish um, sort of collaboration, or that's not the right word. I don't have the right idea for this, but there's sort of a, a, an exchange of music and rhythm and idea. Do you get the sense that it was a two-way exchange where some of the Irish Anglophonic singing was taken back through the Unfortunately, the, the slave trade was part of the shipping that was going on. And so they would have been hearing these songs mm. in in the, the holes of the ship. Do you think that there was an exchange both ways? Or was it, you talk about the exchange at the ports where the sailors would hear songs of the people who are working at the port and the land side. But any idea, any evidence that there would be a two-way exchange of this or but certainly exchange. There is evidence that um, that that there was exchange on on board ship uh, as well as in in port. Uh, you know the kind of Atlantic trade. Um, uh, it's it's got some very nefarious uh, and unfortunate uh, connotations, which which are kind of ab- absolutely right. Uh, you know in. in in, in in all in all senses that that um, noxious triangle be, between um, Europe Africa and and um, the east coast of uh, both North and South America is is well documented so there would have been a certain amount of exchange in in the ports a lot of the crews coming out of Liverpool and New York and Boston particularly would have had Irish connections um, and they were either first generation or second generation native speakers so they would have been a lot of them would have been fully attuned to uh, uh, a, a song tradition that, that that was very well established in Ireland uh, they would have been singing songs in Gaelic as well as in English um, and of course the, the crews themselves um, a lot of the time they were much more egalitarian than than the the, the kind of state polities um, that you found in the kind of hinterlands in in North America and in in Europe so the ship itself is a really interesting space in that regard and lots of um, kind of writers and, and historians have done uh, research on on the ship. Those these transatlantic vessels as a kind of um, uh, a, a, a kind of uh, extraordinary space where where there's a lot of kind of hybrid associations and, and exchanges going on, uh, although it's it's absolutely fully locked into the kind of the 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 the, the capitalist uh, system um, of, of trade, uh, the crews themselves they're they they're they're multinational they're multilingual. Um, and um, they're 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 kind of exchanging their cultures uh, uh, at, at a great rate, uh, you know, in terms of food, clothing, uh, language, practices, crafts, uh, all, all sorts of things. So so the ship itself uh, is a really interesting space, um, and it it had been those. I mean, the Atlantic itself as a kind of as as a kind of um, um, 
different space, different imaginary space to, to the kind of to the nation states that were evolving in, in North America and uh, that were consolidating in, in Europe uh, uh, during the kind of 17th, 18th, 19th centuries. It's, it's a really, um, it's, it's a, a, a prospect, uh, an alternative prospect. And of course, the shanty itself is absolutely locked into that in many ways. The shanty itself as a form of music is thoroughly hybrid and it's completely um opposed to a, a lot of the notions that are that are, a lot of the ideas and the sensibilities that are exchanged that are emerging in in these nation states uh on on on, on the land masses first of all of course the shanties have no authors as such so they're they're not locked into an, a notion of ownership uh, of copyright and uh, or the idea of the the individual genius as the producer of the text. Secondly, of course, they're 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 they don't have texts as such. There's no there's no kind of physical record of the shanty. Uh, when when the shanties began to be collected towards the end of the nineteenth century, uh, by by kind of middle class um, folklorists on both sides of the Atlantic. They found them in a in a kind of uh, a, a very uh, rough and ready state. A lot of the shanties were categorically unproducible <laughs> uh, in in you know in book form or or in any form that would be acceptable to 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 the the kind of consumers, the cultural consumers, even those who were sympathetic to to the folk uh, revival uh, in in America and and in Europe. The, you know, these were guy, bunches of guys at sea for weeks on end. They were singing about what guys always sing about when when they get together in the in the most kind of uh, graphic, uh, lewd, and and um, you know uh, objectionable terms. Um, so when the folk the folk revivalists found them, either the songs themselves were self censored by by the people who were passing them on, or they were censored by the collectors themselves. Um, and uh, so the songs themselves, the, the, the tradition that's come down to us um, through the collectors of the 19th and early 20th centuries are very different from the songs that would have been sung on board the ships themselves. Uh, and that's one of the things that you have to you just kind of hold your hands up and say, um, you, there, there are versions that are available, but a lot of them are kind of, you know, we, we would find them still uh Deeply objectionable on, on kind of racist terms, on sexist terms, uh, in terms of sexuality and 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 so on. So that's one of the kind of challenges of being um, uh, uh, somebody who's interested in shanties. You you know uh, the, the 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 musicologist side of me wants to sort of celebrate these as a kind of uh, uh, evidence of um, cultural hybridity at work. Um, but but there's another side of me that 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 recognises that that uh, they 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 have to be changed in order to make them acceptable. And if we're going to hang on to the tradition in any way other than a kind of completely historicist one, uh, then then there has to be an amount of kind of change go, going on. Well, I mean, you note that a lot of these songs have been sung and recorded in, you know, throughout the the. 20th century. And have you seen changes even in that sensibility over the time that they've been kind of quasi-documented through through that recording process? Um I mean they have been been, been sung. They've they've been sung um in in, in various contexts uh, and in various ways and for various ends. I mean, the, the the kind of folk tradition is a continuum, isn't it? That runs from those claiming to hang on to the the uh, the pristine tradition and to reproduce it as best they can uh, and as close to the original as possible. Um, but then it runs all the way down to those who who are very happy to to take an idea or a theme or figure. Or even sometimes a song, and just adapt it for whatever ends they 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 want, uh, and in whatever style they want. So this, you know, this this has been going on um, really in both the major folk revivals that, that that the 20th century experienced, the one at the beginning of the century, and then the one just after mid-century um, that that led on to kind of that explosion of interest in in folk music in the 50s and 60s in particular. 
Um, the people have been singing the songs in different ways. Um, you know, if you go to a folk club, you'll find people there trying to sing it um, as close as possible to the original a cappella call and response, one singer followed by um, uh, a, a group response. And then other people will, will be trying to, to, to sing it, um, to, trying to adapt the ideas. I mean, you know, even Dylan in his magpie phase uh, took took some very well known shanties and 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 adapted them uh, for for his own uh, ends and 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 set them in his own ways, changed some lyrics, kept some lyrics, uh, and so on. So I'm very happy with this. I mean, I don't mind. Um, I I don't feel aware, but but dur- early during lockdown, there was a kind of a, um, a shanty craze on TikTok. Oh great! No, I didn't hear of that. Oh well, if you if you go back and you can find the material, it was kind of all over uh, TikTok for a while. There's a, a another Scottish a Scottish guy. You'll be happy to hear this. A Scottish postman uh, posted a song on TikTok, which was kind of the new technology, the new social media uh, early during lockdown, and it was picked up by loads of people. And all of a sudden, everybody was singing this particular song. It was a uh, uh, um, uh, a song from um, the Antipodes uh, called Soon May the Wellerman Come. Once was a ship that put to sea, the name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, dip down below my belly boys blow. And he, he sang a brilliant version of it. And the thing about TikTok is that it's a kind of interactive medium. So you can add your own um, material to it and then you can upload that. So that's what people started doing. They started kind of uh, singing along with this guy uh, singing, singing this song. Uh, and I su- suddenly it was all over the, all over the media. And suddenly my, my book hadn't come out. It was supposed to come out during the first summer of lockdown. Um, and it hadn't uh, because of the pandemic. But the British Library, who who post who, who published it, um, they they found out about this fad and and uh, this craze. So I'm sorry for calling it a fad. It wasn't a fad. It was an absolute kind of uh, f- phenomenon. And they said we've got to get the book out. They were originally planning to publish it in um, May 2021. Uh, so they but they they rushed released it uh, they published it in february instead to try to catch the wave of this craze that was that was going going on and as soon as people found out that i was the author i was getting calls from you know, the new york times uh, the sydney uh, morning herald uh, all the bbc rte all sorts of people wanted to talk to me as the voice of of the shanty and i was as surprised as anybody but it was a real a real thing and t- 2021 um, was was really the year of the shanty, um, and it's still going on. I mean, I did an interview last week with um, a London Evening Standard talking about about, about the shanty and, and how it's fared since then. And of course, the first thing I had to tell them, going back to one of your earlier questions, was that this is a brilliant song and I really like it and I really like the performance, but it's not a shanty. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it's a ballad. Um, so the idea of guys standing around on board a ship for 25 seconds, waiting for uh, one man to sing four lines of a, uh, uh, um, a song before they came in uh, to perform their, their part, that's, that's just not, not, not feasible. Um, so this, this shanty that everybody was enjoying so much wasn't actually a shanty at all. It was a ballad. And that, you know the, the, they're, they're related, obviously, but the shanty... Proper has this very particular format, which is call and response, Uh, a solo line followed by a collective response. Um, And that's what made it efficient on board ships. Um, So um, um, that that, that was a kind of interesting moment that the shanty had in the sun, as it were. Um, And and the guy got a, a... a record contract on on the on the back of his performance of Soon May the Wellerman Come, and everybody was joining in. Everybody was singing singing it on TikTok, and it was great for a while. But of course, even after that goes, the shanties will still be will be you know people will still be singing them for whatever reason in folk clubs all, all around the world in Australia and America and and Britain and Ireland and so on. Um, so I, I, th- I thought you might know about that, the, the, the TikTok thing. 
I, I missed that. I've missed most of what goes on in TikTok. So that's unfortunately, but, um, and I checked and the song isn't, the ballad is not in your book. You, the, no, they, no. The publisher didn't want you to quick add a chapter 11 to the ballad version and include it? <laughs> well, the book, the book had been printed. Oh. And the book was in the warehouse and ready to go. Um, I mean, I don't know what it was like with you, but but that kind of summer 2020 was a kind of write-off, really. So we had plans to take it to a lot of folk festivals, and there's a couple of um, there's a couple of big folk festivals, including one in Falmouth in Cornwall um, every year, uh, which is you know got big sh- um, shanty and maritime associations. So that was all gone. Um, I, funnily enough, it, it was. Co-print, co-published in the United States by the University of Washington Press. I and saw they, that. They pressed on with 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 their their publication of it. So it came out in the USA in I think probably uh, September, August September uh, 2020. But the British publication date was was put back until um, May. 2021 so there's going to be a kind of hoo-ha about it and and so on and the first thing i knew about it was one of my daughters got in touch and said dad have you seen this shanty thing is all over tiktok and i, and I said what's what's talk tick i've never heard of anything <laughs> um so they gave me a quick lesson on on uh, on social media and what it was and sure enough there, there it was and there was all these young trendy people singing um, a song they thought was a shanty, but actually singing a ballad, but singing it really well, really interestingly, with a lot of commitment. And then people started doing music to it. They started putting you know, fiddles on it and, and drum beats on it and all sorts of things. A couple of famous singers over this side of the pond, uh, Gary Barlow and Ronan Keating, they did their version uh, on 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 social media, and it was it was it charted. I think it made number two in the in the, in the British charts. So um, it was in the light of that that the British Library decided uh, we we can't afford to let this pass. Um, so they they rush released it uh, in February last year. Or even though Omicron was was or whatever it was 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 wreaking havoc at the time. Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, it's it's been out uh, since then. Well, I think that's great for the shanties and the ballads as well. And my version of your book was from the, the Washington Press, University of Washington Press. So, 2020. I didn't get it till 2022. So maybe I'm sort of that lag between trendy and and what was going on with on your side <laughs> of the pond with this book. But so, what is um, what are your students? thought about this whole thing are you you're still teaching a class on sort of vernacular music and shanties is that part of your curriculum no no absolutely not i I teach i teach english 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 studies english literature um I, i run a shanty choir um in the university that i work in and that has a a mixed um uh, take up of staff and students, so it's it's a place where where we can we can you know uh, get together and it's less formal than 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 a, a classical choir or or even a kind of any kind of art based uh, choir. Uh, we we try to get things right. Um, we try to be um, creative with the form, but basically it's it's a choir for people who just like to sing and who are not too worried about the the quality of their 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 performance or their voice. So Liverpool is a big maritime city, obviously, and it trades a lot on its maritime history. So there's plenty of opportunities around the city. There's maritime festivals, sea festivals. There's lots of ships and lots of pubs that have maritime associations. So we, in, in a non-professional way, we, we do a lot of business. Uh, and uh, but I wouldn't push it onto my students uh, as, 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 as such because it's not something, as I said, I'm trained in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, a, an English critic and literary historian by, by, by trade. Sometimes there's a little bit of crossover, but but um, but this is kind of extra extracurricular on, on my part. Um, it's funny. With the same year I brought this out, the same time I've been working on a uh, an, an academic book. Um, one of the writers that I'm interested in is James Joyce, uh, the Irish r- r- writer. Um, and I was kind of researching this, the two books alongside each other. 
um, 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 although they're very written in a very different style. The James Joyce one is an academic book. It's written for those seven or eight people around the world who are interested in that in that kind of thing. Um, but but I, I I kind of was reading Joyce. Um, and I kind of started finding, I mean, it's, it's a book about Joyce and music. Um, uh, it's called Joyce's Noises, uh, music um, in the life and literature of James Joyce. Um, and, and as I was kind of going through or doing the research for that book, I started finding a lot of references to shanties in the work of James Joyce. Um, in uh, you know Ulysses uh, in particular, um, but also uh, to a certain ex- the other writing to a lesser degree Finnegan's Wake, uh, and and some of the earlier writings as well. So w- I included a chapter in the book on Joyce about what I call the shanty aesthetic, uh, and linking it up to uh, to to um, modernism um, in in certain respects. Uh, you know that the, the kind of uh, artistic style that evolved towards the end of the nineteenth, beginning of the twentieth century, um, which in some respects uh, is related to that that aesthetic that I was talking to you earlier on about this idea of kind of getting away from notions of authority, uh, a much more hybrid um, magpie aesthetic. Um, we, we, uh, and kind of getting away from the authority of the text. Um, um, so uh, I, I don't know what, what the constitution of your audience is, but for anybody who's interested in James Joyce and Shanties, uh, there's a chapter in, in that book uh, on, on that subject. It's certainly an interesting crossover and, and possibly a small group, but possibly a large <laughs> group because you've got people who like both and then they would or one or the other, and they'd be interested in the crossover. But yeah. he would have been he would have been after the the main shanty um, revolution, I guess you might want to call it, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's growing up in in Dublin in the eighteen in eighteen nineties. That's when I think he first would have been exposed to shanties proper. He's frequenting a lot of bars and a lot of brothels, and and that's where the kind of the the that trade in kind of body uh, songs would would have been continued um and there the it's it's reference to those kind of material that he uh, he introduces in one form or another sometimes explicit say for example in ulysses but sometimes uh, very kind of um deeply um shrouded or or masked in uh, in finnegan's wake so yeah as i said the, the shanty is a living tradition is really over by by the 1870s um although people continued to sing on ships for one reason or another um uh, w- well into the 20th century but its heyday as a living uh, breathing t- tradition is is really over by the end of the, by the 1870s then it begins to be collected um by by people like uh, childs uh, in the united states or by um um cecil sharp in 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 britain um so uh, joyce is exposed to it uh, in in a kind of in in its uh, in a very real way a singing in in the pubs and, and and brothels of of dublin but subsequently he he becomes a kind of amateur collector himself and he seeks out the the various versions of these songs that have been collected um he sang them he was a very good singer he could have been a professional singer himself, um, so he sang some of these songs. But he certainly made every effort to collect them, uh, along with you know a, a wide variety of music of singing um, genres into his his books. Uh, so I was kind of gratified to find that the shanty had 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 survived and was in there, if you look closely enough. And the chapter I've written tries to kind of think about uh, the type. Uh, of songs that he 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 incorporated and the way that he incorporated them and the kind of work that that the shanties were doing in his writing um in terms of narrative and characterization and so on and so on well the idea of finding them continuing to be sung in in pubs and in brothels in different places i think makes a lot of sense though cuz they are they're a very contagious sort of song i mean that was part of the intent for them I mean, so that people who were working, the sailors who were working on the ships, would be would be brought into the songs and lulled into them and, and get engaged in them, and that engagement of the song is something that continues on 
just like the TikTok phenomena indicated that, you know, you, you get these sort of simple tunes. Most people can pick up on it to an extent or else they just kind of do a da 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 version of it, but with the words and you just, you it, it becomes a, um, a crowd sourcing type of song to do. It makes a lot of sense that they would be continued long past their their utility because the ships no longer are, are mostly human wind powered, human control of wind and they've gone to steam. But do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite shanty that you like? And of course, then I'm going to ask you to sing it if you want to do that, but you can just, <laughs> you can hum along. I do have a couple. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I do have a couple. Um, the, some of them are great to sing with, with it in, in, in groups uh, with, with with the shanty group itself, uh, because you get the power of a number of people, even if it's only say a dozen people singing along in unison, um, it, it can be a very powerful and very moving thing. Um, and and different kinds of people. I mean, some of the some of the shanties that we I think are most effective are sung by women in, in our group, um, singing them in a, in a way and a style very different from the one in which they would have first evolved. I I, I guess. Um, that so, I am. Um, it's like anything else. Somebody asks your favorite song, and it comes and goes. You know, it comes. Uh, you know, sometimes one song can be um, your favorite song, and then it. You, you can leave it for a while because it's a little bit too familiar and something else moves into its place. Um, so it's, some of the ones that are most effective, I think, in, in our shanty group would be something like um, uh, Row Bullies Row. Um, lots of songs. I, I don't even think that's uh, that's an authentic shanty. I think that's a kind of composition that somebody wrote uh, trying to write a song that sounded a bit like a shanty, and actually is very does it very effectively. Um, and um, I, I like Santiana, um, which is a, a, a shanty um, um, in which exists in many different forms. That's the other thing I suppose we should have mentioned really that that all these shanties exist in multiple forms. Um, uh, and 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 kind of trying to pull them down to a single text uh, was 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 quite a, f- uh, a, a kind of challenge. Um, in Stan Hugel's books, for example, he he'll normally give seven or eight different versions of the same shanty. Sometimes up to twenty different versions of the same shanty. But I do like Santiana. Uh, that that's a good one. Um, um, Bully in the Alley. I quite like that one. Um, um, they're all. The, the, and, and I like a lot of the ones associated with Liverpool. <laughs> um, um, there, there are some, there are some famous ones associated with with Liverpool. Which uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a kind of a free song, um, singing songs that mention places that you're kind of very familiar with. You know, if I kind of walk down Paradise Street in in Liverpool, and then I think about the song that mentions pa- Paradise Street and. Uh, uh, that 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 that's always a um, uh, a kick, a thrill. That's leaving Liverpool, right? No, that, the one I'm thinking of, Paradise Street, is um, um, "Blow the Man Down." Oh, okay. Not the version I learned in grade school. Uh, which <laughs> one is that? "Blow the Man Down," but. I don't think I learned much more than just blow the man down, babies, blow the man down, yo ho, blow the man down. That's where we stopped. That was my version of it. <laughs> well, it's, it goes, as I was going down Paradise Street, way, hey, blow the man down, a big Irish copper I happened to meet, give me some time to blow the man down. Oh, blow the man down, bullies, blow the man down. Way, hey, blow the man down. Blow him right back into Liverpool town. Give me some time to blow the man down. Whoa! You're the first person on Shorewards to ever have sung and sung so beautifully. You have a wonderful voice. Thank you for that. Thank you. You'll be hearing from my agent. <laughs> yes. Um, sure. 
that. No, okay. I'll pass that one on to to, to the uh, American Shoreline Podcast Network. Yes, we will. We'll deal with that one. Don't worry. So this is um, shore words, and one of the things I will often ask people with whom I speak, what's your favorite beach? What shore would you look forward to going to? Um, probably my favorite beach is Hoylake Beach. Uh, it's the beach where I live. I live about um, 150 meters from from the beach, um, and I'm down there probably at least twice a day uh, with with my dog. Um, sometimes, some, sometimes more. Um, I don't know if your in, your your listeners might be interested in kind of doing some research on this, but it's 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 kind of quite a controversial space at the moment uh, because it's undergoing some 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 changes, and there's a there's a kind of debate going on about Hoylake Beach at the moment. It's in the process of kind of dunification. Um, um, and, um, and it's meeting some resistance from people who, who have an alternative vision for, for it. Um, and it, it, it runs partly it's, it's run and managed by the Royal Liverpool Golf Club, which I mentioned er- earlier on. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting space. Um, it's got a lot of historical associations, um, the Viking associations, early modern associations. Uh, when when King um, King William was sailing to to Ireland um, for for the um, uh, the revolution, the glorious revolutionary wars at the end of seventeenth century, he sailed from the the end of my road. Um, so it's it, it's kind of it's and it's a wonderful place um it's it's a stopover f- between sahara and siberia for all the the birds as well so it's got some wonderful uh, natural associations as well um i just feel tremendously lucky living um uh, so close to such a uh, a vibrant space um and I keep, kind of keep a constant diary about it as, as as well about all the changes and the the things I experience on it. You, you're, you're, I'm sure your listeners will be aware about this that the fact that you encounter a space that seems the same but is different all the time is just it puts you in touch with something uh, kind of primordial. I think about about the species. Um, uh, in a way that no other spaces. I mean, I love mountains as well. I love countryside. I love cities, but the 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 that 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 place where the land meets the sea is just an a, extraordinary, um, vibrant um, living space. The the Japanese have a wonderful term for that. It, it's a triple junction, actually, where you talk about land, sea, and air, and it's a word named nagista. That and I've always pronounced it wrong because I have. A very poor Japanese accent, but I, I love the idea, though, that there's actually a word that covers that ephemeral, all three elements, main items coming together. And as you say, they're always shifting, which is what makes many people so interested in studying the shoreline. That it's not, it's not what it was a hundred years ago. It won't be what it is tomorrow as it is today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very marvelous space, and you're very lucky to live so close to the beach. But the dunes, uh, what's going on with that? Uh, I mean, basically, the the council, the local council, used to manage it, uh, and the way they managed it, they managed it as a space for for um, human uh, use and and leisure, as as they said. But the way in which they they did that was by um, was by plowing, and by the use of. Um, um, Weed killers uh, to to kill the grasses and the other plants that were growing on the beach. Uh, now they took advice and best practice from various bodies, and that added to a kind of economic um, um, uh, pressure on them. They they moved from a from a kind of do everything scenario to a do nothing scenario. In other words, they were going to leave the beach to its own devices um, and and to let um, what 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 would happen to it uh, just in in nature just just happened to it um so over the last three or four years in fact that it's only it's been that recent uh, there's been a lot of growth uh, there's been a huge um leap in in biodiversity on 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 the beach uh in in in, in terms of plants um uh, and uh, and 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 so on but it's been resisted by by a um 
a, a lobby who who want to retain what they say a portion of the beach for um human use um pleasure and and leisure which means they want to return to to plowing um a section of the beach and a return to um to uh, the use of um herbicides on, on the beach so um that process is going on as we speak at the moment there's a whole series of public meetings uh, taking place on, on Wirral uh, at, at the moment in which the different uh, parties are be, are being asked to to present their cases um and that's that's the kind of situation we found ourselves in um wow did you hear the seagull i just heard some seagulls yes yeah that's right right outside my door <laughs> Well, that that um, controversy is one that's gone on on many coasts and many concerns. And I think as much as interest in the shanties, some folks who are listening to this will be interested in what's going on with the dunes and the use of herbicides and plowing so close to the ocean. And you may, you may have people contacting you about that. But a wonderful book. Um, it's been great talking with you. And Jerry, any parting words to the audience? Um, singing is one of the best things that you can do for your your um, your physical and your mental health. Um, so uh, if it's not shanty, then 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 try other some other form of singing. I think along with breathing, um, singing is uh, is one of the, the the things that we can do every day in order to try to improve quality of of life um, and the quality of the communities that that we live in. So. Get singing. That's what I would say to your listeners. Get singing. Wonderful. And I would add to that, if you can sing at the coast, it makes it even better. Going to the coast is also a very restorative component. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for being so um, uh, hospitable. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Shorewords. I think the time with Jerry Smith and his book, Sailor Song, has been both educational and inspirational. And I hope you think about it the next time you go to the shore. Perhaps sing some shanties of your own, get his book and bring it along and make your attempts at at coming up with with the tunes. If you're musically inclined, you can read the music he's provided. If you're like me, you're going to have to just sort of, but enjoy it. Enjoy it very much. And if you're interested in Shore Words or other episodes that ASPN provides, please consider being a sponsor. Get in touch with Tyler Buckingham at Tyler at Coastal News Today. That's all one word, coastalnewstoday.com or go to the coastalnewstoday.com website. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. To see the name of the ship was a bully of tea. The winds blew up her bird up turned below my bully boy's bow. Soon day the woman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tongue in his tongue will take her leave and go. Soon day the woman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. From shore and down under a right whale bore The captain called all hands on shore He'd take that whale and throw